This episode of Bend the Knee is brought to you by our bannermen, Lord Jason of House Ross, Sir Jimmy of House Nuts, Master of the Web, Lady Dawn of House Wright, Sir Chris of House Farber, Lady Tracy of House Fa, Sir Peter of House Whittingham, Sandy the Dragon, Blood of Queen Daenerys and Lady of Jameson, Lord John of House Fry, Lady Juliana of House Stradley, Sir David of House Fraser, Lady Liz of House Hendricks, Sir Matthew of House Perry, Lady Madeline of House Fritzel, Lady Adrian of House Dillard, Lady Ashley of House Gardner, Lady Lismalin of House Morales. This episode of Bend the Knee is protected by Sir Ryan of House Turbush, Lady Sarah the Unraveler. Our current champion is Lady Kira of House Arnold. Our current Master of Coin is Lord Jason of House Ross. Squire to Sir Matt, Lady Betsy of House Hudson. Hello and welcome to Bend the Knee, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast. I am Sir Matt, the Bud Knight. And I am Sir Ezra, the Watchful. Welcome to our Song of Ice and Fire book club. Today we are into Aria 9 of A Clash of Kings. And today in our Maester study, we will be discussing Sir Alistair Thorne. We are back to the main series characters for a little bit here. Mm-hmm. Yes, we are. As uh, Before we begin, we, uh, we're each going to do, we're picking a patron. A loyal bannerman. We're giving him a shout out. Top of the show. So uh, shout out to Lady Juliana of House Stradley. Yeah, and shout out to Sandy the Dragon, Blood of Queen Daenerys, and Lady of Jameson. Uh, saw some really cool Facebook posts by her earlier, and just wanted to kind of give a shout out to a couple of our our bannermen and uh, really really thank them for just uh, you know supporting the podcast. Really really do appreciate it. And actually, uh, since we're shouting out Bannerman, we might as well go ahead at the top of the show and announce when the next um, hangout's going to be, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, Coming we should. Go right ahead. All right. So Bannerman Zoom Hangout is going to be February 26th. Uh, we'll probably do it around 8 p.m. Uh, my time, um, East Eastern Standard Time, which is what, 5, 5 p.m. your time. You won't quite be home yes. yet, but I'll be. Don't worry. Oh, I'll be home. Hey, I'm always warming us up. All right, don't don't worry. Sir Ezra's in there early, and, and and I leave late. Okay, and I'm I'm normally um, uh, you know, I, I start off somewhat watchful, mediocre watchful, and by the end of the night, I need I need folks to, so I need someone to shut the zoom down on me. To be quite frank, uh, but they're fun. They're they're a blast, and, and I'm hoping to see more of our bannermen in there, and just come hang out and bring a drink and. Should be a good time. So that's that's in a couple weeks, and we'll announce it again next week and just kind of, you know, uh, you're ready for that. We did do a live stream, actually, on YouTube last Friday, and yes, we, we just got on there, and oh my gosh, what were we talking about? I, I the, the clip art for it is, um, what was the clip art? It was uh, Werewood Kissing. <laughs> I'm pretty sure yeah. I made that up. ridiculous. I, I it made ridiculous. it after about two White Claws, so you know how Sir Ezra gets. Um it, it was it was a lot of fun. We started off kind of talking about oh god, we had Sir Jimmy in there, um, uh, Adrian, uh, we had Lady Sarah. It was it was good. Um, Lady Annie was in there as well, which which was awesome. So yeah, it was it was cool. Kind of an improv. We just I mean on the fly 
uh, Friday night happened and we were just sort of like, let's let's go live. I think for our uh, hyperspace hangout for our Star Wars podcast, we're probably going to do that uh, later this week, actually, um, on Friday again. We'll probably go live there and, and, and hang out. We're trying to do more of that. And on uh, BTK, on Bend the Knee, we are trying to push to 1,000 subscribers on YouTube. So if you haven't had a chance yet, please go over there. We're at like 9... I don't know. We're at nine thirty, nine twenty something. Yeah, we're getting we're getting close, man. We're getting really yeah. close to a thousand. I would love it. It's just kind of a goal we have uh, personally for Sir Matt and I. So you know, if you got a if you got a YouTube account and you want to go subscribe, we would really appreciate it. Just type in Bend the Knee, and uh, we're, we're the first thing that that pops up. Sometimes you have to type in Bend the Knee podcast, and we come we come right up top of the search. So yep, absolutely. Uh, as okay, there was a little bit of news. We talked about this in our live stream, but um, George R. R. Martin has provided us with uh, Winds of Winter update as he as he has been doing, um, basically saying it's not finished yet. Um, right, right. Saying that he wrote hundreds of pages in twenty twenty, saying it was the best year that he's had with the book. And he wrote hundreds of pages, but he still has hundreds more to go. So is that because he started in 2020? Oh, my gosh, dude. dude I, or uh, um, so he, are we getting it this year? I don't no. I don't think the I think I think with that being said, I would I still think it's unlikely um, he re- he gave a timetable once and said, from the moment I finish the last word, um, I think he said it's it's at the absolute earliest three to four months before it will get shipped out. Um, just because, you know, you have to send it to an editor. They have to look it over. And that would be like it's done, done. There's no revisions that like major revisions that need to be made. Right. It's, here you go. And it's an editor looks it over, you know, fixes whatever. Okay, send it to the publisher. The publisher then has to get it printed and artwork and all of this stuff, and then it goes to you know Walmart and all you know uh, Barnes and Noble and all the all the right. all the places to have it shipped out to be in our physically in our hands, um, unless you do the Kindle version like myself. Um, so. With that being said, I think it's unlikely we see it this year. Yeah, no, for sure. You, you said, I mean, three to four months um, from the time at that he the, finishes. Probably the earliest. At the earliest. And so that would put us at, if you back up, at the if we were trying to get it this year, he'd have to be done writing by August. You know, he'd have to be uh, completely finished with that last word, turn it in, and then we'd, we'd be getting it at, you know, New Year's Eve of... of um, this year, which is, which is wild. I, I don't think it's going to happen. And that's, so it, we're, we're, we're hopeful for 2022 and we'll see. I think this, this year he's going to stay kind of up in his cabin a little bit more. It seemed like he indicated he's going to still continue writing. and He's going to keep going, uh, was giving us that little update. What I worry about sometimes is that normally in the past, and again, I, you know, George, if you're listening, uh, Sir Ezra has said since the beginning, just keep writing. I, I, I don't even, Take your time, revise when you have to. It's it's fine. Uh, just would like to have it someday. Um, whenever you're ready for us to have it is is when I would love to have it. But uh, sometimes he 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 makes those updates, and I think I think it's it's a time where he knows he's about to go off and maybe do a few more things. Like he says, he's very busy, and he has other things he's got to uh, 
do books that he reads. He, he reads stuff for people. He gives feedback. He, he does a lot of different things. Um, I don't know. This, this has been a year for him though, where a lot of the conventions and, and events and stuff have been virtual or they've been canceled. So he's been able to kind of stay in that, uh, that cabin and just keep, keep working, which is, which is nice. Let's hope for that. So, yeah. So we'll see, we'll see. But, um, I would say don't yeah don't expect it don't expect it this year. Now he could still finish this year and say, "Hey, I finished." Um, so, but that would in my just sort of and I think theoretically it's still possible. But he says he still has hundreds of pages more to go. Um, and considering he said he wrote hundreds of pages and he's had you know chapters that were going to be in another book. That we're going to be in originally, you know, a Dance of Dragons slash a Feast for Crows was going to be one book. It got split into two. There's stuff from there. So, if anything, I mean, it seems to me like, hopefully, right here, here we go. That he should finish this thing. Judging by the pace that he feels, like he, I mean, he's optimistic about it now. Before it was always, yeah, I think I'll get to it. And it was like loose optimism, right? Like, you know, yeah. oh, I could just hammer this. Now he's like, I'm writing, writing, I'm churning out. I'm, you know, and each post um since this last summer has been better and better. So I mean, I think it's it it could be likely that he finishes the book this year. Yeah, if if he kept going, um that yeah, so I think you're totally right. Sometimes though, what you've seen is is he gets going, and then this post is an indication that he's about to slow down, you know, and right. that he's going into different things. And I hope that's not the case. I hope he's able to keep keep right on going. And I know he always makes the comment about someone online is going to say something or whatever. And George, I'm telling you, I'm the guy saying finish it. I just take your time, do what you got to do. You're a busy man, and um, it is it is what it is. You know, if 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 we don't ever get it, then we don't ever get it. You know, I. It's it's already been awesome. It's been fun to speculate, and it's it's whatever. But we would love to have it when you're ready. I also don't want him to just if he doesn't know if he's just sitting here trying to think through how do I wrap this up. It's what I've been saying for years, which is there's so much going on. It's so complex. Uh, Sir Jimmy brought up some different things where he wanted to do the time jump. He wanted to do a couple of different things that didn't work out, um, and he realized he had to do flashbacks. That might have slowed him down. You know. Whatever he's he's had some some hiccups and some changing some revision along the way. Now he's revising again. Even what he's all, <sighs> Sir Matt, he is revising what he has already written. Mm-hmm. That that I that some people could say that's a good sign. That could be whatever, but that means he's going back to stuff that was we were we were assuming that's done. Well, look, at least he's got those chapters done. He said actually, nah. I need to revise those. So that is how uh, I, difficult I think it is. And I just think it's um, maybe he is taking into in, the show into consideration, the reaction. You would you'd have to imagine like uh, he says he's not. He says the ending is the ending. And he's going to write towards that. And that's that's whatever. I don't think we saw the actual ending, but I still think um, we saw bits and pieces of it. And he's 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 working it out. Um, I kind of think a lot of these characters you know, when I think I kind of always forget that, the, that he did plan um, kind of a, in the series, a time jump a little bit, you know what I mean? For characters to grow up. And so you start to kind of think maybe that, you know, some of these characters who are a lot younger, he thought were going to be a little older to do different things, if that makes sense. And they're not necessarily. Yeah. So, yeah. Who, yeah. Yeah. Who knows? We'll see. But 
he feels good about it. He feels like, hey, I'm getting hundreds of I wrote a hundred pages, so he feels like he's made some progress. That's yeah. good. I'll I I'll I will I will I will I will take that as well. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. All right, so just a quick uh, not a blog update there. Um, Let's jump into the Maester study here. And today we actually have a Raven later on that's going to follow up on on this character. We're talking Sir Alistair Thorne, uh, who is a knight from House Thorne. Let me remind you of that. He is a knight, okay? Sir. <laughs> Sir Alistair. Uh, he's around uh, 50, 50 years old. Um, he's got black eyes, black hair, streaked with gray, a thin smile. He's sharp. He's cold. Humorless, bitter, mean-spirited. He was born in 247 AC or maybe 248 AC. Uh, he did take part in Robert's Rebellion. And uh, he was fighting on, was it the wrong side or the right side, Sir Matt? He was he was fighting for, uh, he was fighting against Robert. He was fighting for the Targaryens, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, Targaryen loyalist. So, I mean... Again, I'll put I'll put the question to you: right side or wrong side? Which one was which one was he on? I uh, mean, you're you're yeah. a loyalist, right? Yeah, I am. But I I get why people were rebelling in that war. You know, just because. Uh -huh. I mean, I think I think even Rhaegar, uh, Rhaegar's plan was to uh, rebel against the Mad King after 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 he put down Robert's rebellion. So, yeah, and then you know what, Rhaegar, where's Lyanna? That's all the realm wanted was Liana back, and instead, I think, I think I think they wanted a little more than that. They might have, but instead, the, his father killed a bunch of Northmen in a brutal way, and it started a war. And Sir Alistair was on the side of the Targaryens, though. At the end of that, following the sack of King's Landing, um, he's given a choice by Tywin Lannister: basically, um, death or take the Black, and he does take the Black, and so that's how he he ends up. You know, there at the um, at the Night's Watch, and and really, he is the um, we pick up with him there as the Master at Arms at Castle Black, and he's he's not he's he, he mocks a lot of the um, initiates. He's he's basically he's harsh on them. He justifies it in saying that the a lot of them did not grow up in a keep or a castle or whatever or or uh, weren't trained, and so he I think he feels like he has to be a little extra hard on them because they could have just been from flea bottom. They could have just been, uh, you know, they've never held a sword. Right. And so maybe he's really trying to, to up that. I, I, I don't know. Um, but he's definitely harsh and he is in major conflict with, um, Jon Snow. Jon Snow at one point pulls a dagger and wants to take him on and is arrested in the first book. Like he's, you know, Hey, yes. John, you went, you went too far. You went too far. Um, so yeah, that, I mean that's how that's how contentious he and uh, Lord Snow are with one another. And uh, at the end of a Game of Thrones, he's basically sent down to where we are. We're in, we're in a Clash of Kings right now. He's sent down to King's Landing, uh, and he's trying to recruit Tyrion. Uh, met him, remembers that he was kind of harsh and mocks him a little bit, um, but he does put the word out that the Night's Watch is looking for recruits, and so uh, that's a Clash of Kings. And then in the Storm of Swords, uh, when he comes back, he's basically returned to the Master at Arms over at East Watch, East Watch by the Sea. Um, he returns to Castle Black to help when the Wildling siege takes place. And uh, <laughs> good old Janus Slint uh, tries to kind of rise to power 
there at Castle Black. He follows him for a bit. Um, what is it in a dance? Let's see. That's oh, right. A storm of swords at the, at the end there. They have the voting right. So after the mutiny uh, takes place on the old bear, then we've got to pick a new Lord Commander, and we are going to. Uh, that's where they end up picking our good friend John Snow. Yeah. So Slint loses. Uh, Alistair was in it. He was in sixth. He withdrew. Put his support behind Slint. Slint des- decides to not follow John's commands, and he is executed for that. Um, Alistair then later is sent on a ranging north of the wall where he believes that he is sent on this uh, in the hopes that he will die or not be able to return, and he says that he will return one way or another. Okay, So that's just a quick update on him. We're going to return to him uh, at the end of the show. We're going to talk about uh, a raven that we got from someone about Sir Alistair. We did reference him in the pink letter and the hooded figure in Winterfell and all of that, and I thought uh, we kind of follow up with um, this this raven that discusses that and, and some other ideas behind maybe what his role will be in Winds of Winter. So, Yeah, I think you could say that uh, Janus Slent, you know, lost his head there for a minute, and then he yes. lost his head there forever. So. Forever. <laughs> he, he definitely... <laughs> He definitely did. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Mm, mm. Okay. Uh, all right. Well, as uh, moving on over to the chapter today, uh, this is Aria 9 of A Clash of Kings. We are still at Hall. Things are about to get quite interesting, though, um, with Aria. So I'm going to read the whole summary here today, and then we'll just then we'll dive into it. Um Arya and Hot Pie are eating tarts in the kitchen when the bloody mummers return. Always the bloody mummers. Uh, This time with nearly 100 northern men as prisoners, along with their lord commander, Robert Glover, and Aenys Frey. Fargo Hote claims that uh, that Lord Roose Bolton fled with his host after the battle. Sir Armory Lork has his men in prison in the Widow's Tower. Arya tries to convince Gendry to help her free the Northmen, but the apprentice is happy enough where he is and wants no part of it. Arya later goes to the Godswood to practice with a wooden stick, and she meets Jack and Hagar. Uh, the Lo- the Lorathi tells her that he would have done um, he would have done with his promise and asked her to name a third name. Um, she asks him to help her free the Northman, but uh, the Northman, but Jacken reminds her that she has one name left. When Arya asks if she could name anybody, even the king, Jacken tells her, "Speak the name, and death will come." On the morrow, at the turn of the moon, a year from this day, it will come. A man does not fly, but one foot moves, and another, and one day a man is there, and a king dies. Arya whispers Jack and Hagar and stuns um, and stuns the man. Uh, but Jack and is unafraid and the dagger and a dagger appears in his hand telling her she would lose her only friend. Arya says that a friend would help her and Jack and agrees to help her if she names another name. They go find Rorg and Biter and Jack and tells her the hungry gods will feast on blood tonight if a man would do this thing. But Arya is resolute. Jacken brings Arya along and has her um, 
demand several kettles of hot soup from the cooks. Each man takes one of the huge kettles with Rorg carrying two, and they invade the tower where the prisoners are kept, boiling soup flying everywhere as the guards are dispatched. And when Rorg unlocks the door to his cell to the cells, Robert Glover thanks them and asks if they are the brave companions. Arya is confused but has no time to ask him what he meant when fighting breaks out in the castle. Jacken wipes blood from his sword on Arya's um uh, on Arya's shirt, telling her this is her work. Later, Arya takes back the name and asks if she can still name a third, but Jacken responds that she has uh, gotten far more than three deaths. As she watches, Jacken tells her the debt is paid and that he must die. As his features change, um, and as a pant as a hand passes over his face, Arya asks who he is and if she could learn to do the same. But Jacken tells her she would need to go with him across the narrow sea. He leaves her with a coin of great value in the right place and tells her that if she needs to find him again, she could give the coin to any man from Bravos and say Valar Morghulis. Uh, Jacken, who claims his name is as dead as Ari, then disappears into the night. Then Lu- Lord Roos Bolton arrives in the aftermath of the fall of Harrenhal, and Vargo Hote turns the castle over to him. The prisoners were all a ruse to begin with, and apparently Bolton had um, bought the services of Cor- the Corhook Sellsword. As Roos Bolton takes control of the castle, Shagwell grabs Arya and presents her to uh, her brother Rob's bannerman as the weasel who made the soup. Bolton asks for her name, and Arya tells him Nan. The lord of the Dreadfort then asks if she is afraid of leeches, for he claims that a man must purge himself of bad blood. When Arya tells him she is not afraid, Bolton names her his cupbearer. The banners over the great house are changed to the flayed man of the Dreadfort and and the direwolf of the Starks. Arya watches as the bloody mummers parade Sir Armory around naked, then feed him to a caged bear, and she thanks herself a and she thinks to herself a bear all in black like Yorin. So as Mm-hmm. Um, this is probably the first time that I'm something quite major is different between the show and the books. So for everybody that is a that is a show watcher uh, and you guys are listening to us go over the books, which I know is a lot. I, I know is a lot of our listeners. Um, if you remember in the show, Tywin Lannister stays there and Arya serves as his cupbearer. And it actually, in a way, kind of presents two different um, Arya's character here. It, it's two different things because, and this way, you're in the books. You're thinking a little more along the lines of like, well, why isn't why doesn't Arya just tell? Lord Bolton, because at this point, remember, we don't know that Bolton will turn out to be a bad guy. We're mm-hmm. thinking this is great. Arya is with, she's with the Northmen. I mean, she can right. she can say, "Hey, I'm I'm Arya Stark of Winterfell," and this could be this could be a good thing. And then flip that around, and you're in the show, and you're like, "I hope to God she does not get found out," because then Tywin Lannister would have her. And then remember in the show, we see Littlefinger there and he's having a meeting. And so this is pretty, I think um, this is the first major difference between the show and the books in terms of how the story progresses forward. 
Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for sure it is. And it is, it is very interesting for us, the, uh, reader to go, yeah, I mean, what, why wouldn't she just speak up here? Why wouldn't she say something? We're almost like, this is great. Um, whereas in the show, we wouldn't be doing that. Right. I mean, when we know that, you know, yeah, as as you said, um, Tywin, no, she's not going to say a daggone thing. Um, it still works. Uh, but it's, it's way better. I mean, in this, just because you can kind of see, what how how it is that Roos was able to get that close, be that connected to make a couple of different requests between House Frey and uh, between the Lannisters. So yeah, he's he's a conniving guy. Seems like I mean stuff was already in motion here before she kind of even got Jack and Hagar you know involved. So um, so yeah, that's that's interesting. Uh, yeah, it's different though. It it, it is different and um, it's cool. And it's a reminder to us that Roos Bolton is a big deal, actually. Uh, so because sometimes much bigger deal in the books, much bigger deal. And I think that was the thing is that the show didn't always know exactly what to do with him. Um, he's he is a guy who doesn't. Uh, we talked about this when we were talking about the pink letter the other day, in that he um, we don't get a lot of him thinking about his plans or reflecting on why he did stuff or his point of view. We don't really get him thinking about his thoughts. We get characters around him. We get words that he spoke, his actions, the leeching and so on. Um, but we, we don't really know what he's thinking. Whereas we do get some stuff with like Tyrion thinking through things and some of other point of view characters and, and their mindset. So it's interesting to have him be this big bad guy um, that we don't get those internal thoughts. I mean, same thing's kind of going on with Varys. Like we don't really know. Like we see Varys kind of doing things in the shadows. Uh, Littlefinger, though, sometimes will out loud tell us stuff supposedly that that he's that he's doing in his master plan, and it may not be that case. Although with Sansa, it's, it might be uh, right to, to to some degree. So, yeah, he's um, yeah, he, he's someone we got to pay attention to, and and he's a big deal, and it's a big turning point for him and for House Bolton. I mean, they're gonna make some major moves here, and it's also big for Arya because. Um, She's in a position now where she she has information, she has access to his stuff, access to him. She's his cupbearer, which is which is cool. And we'll talk about that when we get when we come to the next Arya chapter as to what she what she does with that. Um, yeah. So I mean, it's it is it is yeah. a major difference, and I think it's better, obviously, in the, in the books. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 important to note too here that. Um, you know, we're now beginning to see because in the show, the Roos Bolton thing, because it's because it's Tywin, it's almost like when Roos Bolton shows up, you the first time you really kind of see him is at the Red Wedding. And it's like, oh, OK, hold on. So now the Boltons step into the stage. Well, one of the things we're going to kind of see in these next two Arya chapters is that. Bolton is already kind of positioning himself and making plans. Um, and then, you know, the Rob stuff with the phrase that hasn't even started yet. You know, they, they kind of, they, in the show, they kind of show you Rob and Talicia, who is, mm-hmm. is a show only character, but in the, in the books, the same thing happens where Rob will find a woman that he wants to marry. Um, it's a character named Jane Westerling. So that story arc will still, will still happen. Um, but 
it happens differently and it happens later. I think it's already started at this point in the show and they just kind of focus on that more. But the difference being that now we get to see Roose Bolton's side and it's Roose Bolton is already planning and plotting. It kind of feels like that he's going to do this. So I, it seems likely to me that Roose Bolton, regardless of what was going on with Rob and Jane Westerling and his and just, you know, he's no longer going along with the phrase that that Roos was planning on something anyway. Yeah. And, you know, he really keeps his options open, um, I, th I think, is the, is the best way to kind of phrase it, because he's learning about stuff. Um, Stannis's defeat. He's from this position, you know, in the next couple of chapters, he's going to hear about different things that are going on and. He's in a really good position where he can, well, he, later on he gets into even a better position uh, in regards to like Jamie Lannister and stuff, you know. Um, but yeah, things kind of come to him and he's really good at reacting to stuff and he has multiple, I think, plans and avenues and, and knows how to make relationships uh, that are advantageous to him later on. I mean, he marrying a fray is something that he does that that is good, that he uses to his advantage, keeps them close, um, is able to put you know, Rob's men later on in peril, actually, uh, later on, uh, once he starts to kind of think he's going to turn. Yeah. So, I mean, he, he's already starting, I think he's already got some of that on his mind a little bit. And then you think about what's going on with, um, with his bastard, how much of that is, is he, uh, does he know about how Hearing. much of that was yeah. predetermined, how much of that was, uh, yeah. Yeah, because yep. remember last time we did the brand chapter, um, Reek is actually in disguise. Ramsey, that's the first time we see him. Um, you don't know it from reading it until later. It's one of the things, one of those things that's kind of revealed later. But yeah, as you say, Ramsey is already in Winterfell, which has just been taken um, by by Theon. Uh, yeah, exactly, exactly. And we know that, like, Lady Hornwood, um, earlier, like, House Manderley up up there in, in the north was trying, there was a fi fighting over the Hornwood land and all that kind of stuff, and we know that he went in there, and, uh, I, I, under whose orders, under, you know, he, he marries her, takes her, I mean, it's, it's awful what he does, and, you know, um, and then he's kind of routed, and then he disguises himself as Reek, and he ends up, as you say, in Winterfell, yeah. So, but, you know, what does Roos know? I think that's one of those things where it's a sign. What we find out later, when you look on stuff in a reread or you go back and look at it, you're like, wow, okay. Um, how long has this been going on? You know, I think you asked that question. I mean, really, though, he is going to play what's dealt to him. He is, he is in the field. He is at Hall. He does do something very crafty here with Lannister men where he basically gets Vargo Hote to kind of, yeah, you know, go in there and, and switch, switch sides. Um, right. And, um, yeah, kind of, kind of uses him against, uh, Tywin and that's cool. That's, that's a good, that's a good card to play. But then when things shift, what's he going to do? He's just always looking for opportunity. I think is, is the way I think about Roos a lot of times. So, yeah. 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 Now, it's just, it's, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Well, no, no. Once you, once you're, you say something, if you want, oh, I was just, I was just saying, just, yeah. And then we, then we can go back to Jack, Jake and Hagar, um, you know, the, the end of this chapter two is just so I think it's it's just it's really it's Gurr's writing. I think it's just so good because you have this scene where, OK, well, Northmen just took 
Heron Hall, where Arya is, where she's nervous. And remember, she doesn't want to say her name. We do get why she says that. Cause she's like, because there's still too many people around that I wouldn't want to know um, of of who I am, right? Um, and then, you know, the Stark banner is raised here, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You know, the, the Stark banner is raised, and, but she's watching, like, Sir Armory Lork, you know, being fed to a bear and, you know, like, uh, and then she's thinking about Yorin. And so there's just like all of these things that are happening in the same chapter where Arya gets the coin from from Jack and Hagar. And, um, you know, he says some things in this chapter like, you know, you, you were a mouse, you were, you know, you're a weasel, you're this and now she's Nan and it's it's interesting because you make those references to her and she will become other things later she becomes cat of the canal she becomes um other other things later uh and and ultimately we th- i think i think her story will end up being similar into the show where by the time it's over she probably will just go be her own person traveling doing whatever she wants so she'll be Arya that's it she's she's Arya she's she's just mm-hmm. living out living out her her own adventure and a lot of that i think up until this point you know you you've seen her being i'm not a lady and then she has to become things but here is kind of the first is a big um point for her we're getting that a lot with the, with the Starks you know last chapter Bran that was kind of a big thing for Bran but that was the first time he is feels like you're in control of summer um which will be kind of his positioning for it and now you're getting this aria next the 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 next chapter um with um aria getting the coin and it's pushing her forward and in the last chapter we got theon that was his big moment so a lot of these big moments for the stark children you know if you can if you include kind of theon in there um even John, you know, it wasn't that long ago. John, big chapter, you know, you're going right. to go with. Um, so a lot of this stuff's happening right now with these, with the, with these Stark's children in the middle of a clash of kings, and it's really the. Now they're going off in their in the directions that they will be. That's really going to push them, drive them towards the end to the end of the series. Yeah, it's almost like uh, they you they've done a lot of um, getting up to this point, and then now they're going to kind of take off. They've been with a group. Um, they're going to kind of split off, go on their on their own or with a with a smaller faction. And um, we're going to follow them more intimately, I guess, you know, and, and they're not in big kind of, you know, parties and, and, and stuff or big, larger groups, I guess. Um, yeah. Aria, so with with Jackin, I mean, what? So she it, it seems like this whole thing was going to go on anyways. Right. I mean, this was already going to happen. They just sort of take part in it. You can. um Robert Glover kind of says, asking if they're member if they are brave companions, as if he knew this was going to happen, right? So they're they're let in there. This is all kind of a, uh, it's a trick. It's it's really, it's, it's a trap. It's a trap. Tro- Trojan horse situation. You know, what I mean, yeah. It's like, um, so J- they didn't really even need to do this. You know, our Ar- Arya did not need Jacken to go do this. This was already going to be a motion. Right. I mean, so it's it's a waste. It just feels like a waste. And it's like um, I like that you get a little bit more about it's like you get a taste of what a faceless man can do, um, what he could do to uh, a king if he wanted to. He may not kill him on the morrow. Right. He may not even kill him next week. 
uh, but maybe even in a year. Once his feet, once he takes one step and then another and then another, eventually a man will get to the point where he will kill a king. And it seems more than just sort of like, oh, in time, it's not like he's, gonna, it's not like he's saying this to kind of push it off as if he'll die of old age. No, we're actually going to kill him. It just will take some time. Uh, whereas some things that you see with Melisandre, well, that could have just happened. You know, she said it's going to happen. She throws some leeches in the fire. Does that mean they actually, hers seems more like coincidence. Whereas like the faceless men, when they set out to do something, it's done. A thing will be done and it's done by their hand. And you know, it was them, uh, a guild of assassins. So, and we see him do something really, I mean, awesome right here where he changes his face, you know, and, and he, mm-hmm. and he essentially dies. Jacken dies, right? He was named and 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 he takes his life. He takes he takes a new whatever. So uh he's still a mystery. There's tons of theories on him. We, we you guys know that. Uh I I I don't know. I think he is the guy who shows up later on uh in 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 the series. I think he shows up in Old Town. What is he doing though? What is he about? Why is he this far away? And how is he getting orders or communication? Was he set up with one task and he left? And as he said, it's almost like he hinted, right? That it may take a year. Like he may have gotten uh, the summons or, or gotten his orders over in Bravos, And he left around the start of the series. And he's been doing what? It's, it's going to take him a year. But don't worry. Eventually, a, na- a very important name has been named is, is the way I look at it. Someone very high up has been named, and he intends to kill that person. Um, is he it, along the way? Like, is he killing several? Did they assign him several different people to take out in Westeros? Like, we're going to send our best guy over there. Did he take out a, a Greyjoy? You know, um, <laughs> I don't know. There's there's so many uh, ideas and, and and possibilities, but he's on a mission, right? I mean, you think he's on? He's he's a man on a mission. Yeah, I mean, why? I mean, why was he captured in the first place? Was that part of the plan? Was that we don't know, right? Yeah, was he who? Yeah, exactly. Did he was was is is he still is he still on his mission currently, or was had he finished his mission? Um, you know, we think he was in the red red the cells, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, because and then later we we think he's in Old Town. So what's he doing over there? Right. Um, is this still the same mission? We don't, you know, it's the we same don't. Guy. Yeah, is we, it, yeah. Is it is it the same guy? Because the person Arya talks to over in Bravos, who knows if they can they can just mimic themselves to be anybody? Is is it actually the same guy, or do they do they know? Is it through magic? Is it through ravens? How do they talk? It is still a big mystery. Um, I guess theoretically, you should consider any mysterious death to potentially be a faceless man. Well, uh, yeah, that's it's 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 just crazy i mean you get the whole balon Greyjoy thing where where a man stood on what on the was was walking across the the bridge bridge or without a face or something like that is is i think the phrase and but then again you're on is cool with with kinslaying so whatever i mean i like i i I don't know um it it just to me you know what's interesting too is you, you have to remember he doesn't actually say he just gives his name and he just it's the way he talks it's where he's from it's the fact that he changes his face. It's all of those clues that we put together. Well, he must be this, and he must be on a mission. Um, and we don't. A lot of that stuff we find out just like small little references prior to this, and then we get a couple major things later on. And then in the next couple books, we get more on it. 
But it's one of the biggest, uh, I think, mysteries. We have Arya over there trying to learn about all of this, and we're learning about, um, gosh, her sight is taken from her, and it's restored. You know what I mean? And so they definitely have some magical kind of concoctions and know how to alter their faces. I, I think it would be interesting to figure out how they communicate. I think something's going to have to be answered for us there. And uh, yeah, it's again, I think it all ties back to blood magic and, and, and life energy, life uh, force that they're that they're using or tapping into. But he's on a mission. I, one of my favorite ones, and I'll just bring it up again for any, anybody who wants to kind of go you know, look into it is that he, uh, either someone really high up or wanted someone killed, um, or they wanted a dragon killed possibly, or that the guild itself wants the ability to kill dragons. Now the dragons are back and is going up to castle black to get a book. That's why he's with the night's watch or then, um, you know, that's maybe why he diverts and then goes to Old Town. He had two options. He saw, he went north first. That didn't work out. Now let's go to Old Town. That's my backup plan. It's a little bit more difficult, but I can get in there too. Hey, that that's cool. I like that. Um, I don't know though. I I just kind of think uh, why was he? That's a long way to go up up to Castle Black and everything. And then are you gonna take the like the oh? Are you gonna swear? I don't know. It, it's far-fetched but who knows what who knows what what degrees they go through in order to achieve the, the task i mean it seems like they're willing to do anything yeah well you look at what aria does just in her in her later on we're kind of jumping way ahead here but like when when she's given a task yeah she does a lot of research she she role plays um she watches she finds an interesting way to make the kill um but she knows the ins and outs, the day in, day in, day out activity. And it takes a long time. It takes, it takes, it takes a while, but the job will be done and, and they'll get it done. Um, so I'm guessing the more experience you have, the more resources, tools you have it, you know, the quicker, faster it will be done. But, uh, yeah, it's cool. It's a cool little kind of thing. It's, it's, it's the final spot here where we kind of leave, um, Jack in and, and we, uh, Arya will think about him. Obviously, uh, he had a significant impact on her because we know she chooses to go uh, across the narrow sea and over to Bravos and and train it up, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So, um, okay, as we have a Raven, you want to get to? Yeah, and so uh, the Raven today, uh, basically, just uh, this is a follow up to our Sir Alistair Thorne conversation. Uh, Sir Jack sent this in. This was in our uh, Benini group and uh, it was in reference to our pink letter okay uh, pink letter conversation where in that uh, we were kind of making the connection that maybe Sir Alistair Thorne uh, is somehow involved in the writing of the pink letter communicating helping Roos Bolton communicate with Kaleidos up at Castle Black so that was just the previous episode we were talking about that and Sir Jack wrote in here and he said um, plot twist Sir Alistair Thorne eventually finds out that Jon Snow is a Targaryen and becomes one of his greatest allies. And that right out the gate, like that's something that I, I've always thought is really cool. And I would love to see something like that happen. Um, it would almost be this bittersweet if it, if it were that he found out and then it was too late because he had already done something that was, you know, he had gone too far. But 
Let me continue on here. So Jack says, uh, as Sir Matt and Sir Ezra mentioned, when talking about the pink letter, he was only uh, one of two Targaryen loyalists to take the black instead of bending the knee uh, and taking Robert's pardon. Even if he was a part of the pink letter, I think this information would um, uh, would rally him to John's side. Uh, assuming Roose Bolton has something treacherous up his sleeve, Alistair Thorne could be the one to foil his plans. Is there any chance that Maester Aemon's uh, Targaryen lineage uh, is the reason that Thorne gives so much credence to the council of a 100-year-old graybeard that, um, that many other lords would have just brushed aside? It seems apparent to me uh, that had Sir Alistair Thorne known John's identity from the start, then they would have had a much, much different relationship. But what do I know? <laughs> he says, edit, this is assuming John is actually a Targaryen. Would love to hear your thoughts on this. Cheers, everyone. Enjoy your Sunday. So it was just this past weekend. Um, thanks again to him. I, I, I appreciate the follow-up on that. And what do you think, Sir Matt? I mean, um, a, a different take on, on Sir Alistair. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens with him because he, in the show he is part of the mutiny and John executes him once he's resurrected and that's kind of it. Um the books he's gone, right? He's he's off on arranging. So I would say uh, you worst, you know, sort of uh, laziest case scenario if you want the easiest way to get rid of him and something that would be kind of interesting is he shows up at some sort of a battle against white walkers and others and you just let's say a resurrected john you still go down the same sort of route and John kills him in the Battle of Winterfell against the White Walkers, right? Um, that would be some. That would be one way to kind of show him. So, oh, he just died, was killed by a White Walker, and then you get to kill him as a White Walker, and it's kind of a cool, yeah. just little ending. So, I would say that's like worst case, lowest, you know. Yeah, hang, you know, wait, easy case scenario. Yeah, easy. The easiest, like, hey, I just need to get rid of characters. Okay, I could have this happen. Um, I think that's unlikely to happen. I think, I think he's going to come back. Um, uh, the the question will become, um, you know, we, you and I talked about the idea of he was part of it on the pink letter, um, trying to get rid of John, um. But we we have before talked about the idea of it would be cool if he were to find out that John is a Targaryen. So it all kind of depends on when he shows back up on the stage. Is he going to show back up? Um, if for that to happen, I feel like he would have to come back much later because John's likely to get resurrected by the I would say by the middle of this book. Um, by by you know middle of wind of winds of winter, um, and then you know John in the show doesn't find out he's a Targaryen uh, until season eight, right? He doesn't he doesn't he does he himself does not know he's a Targaryen. Other people have figured it out. So when do, when will John figure that out, and what implications will that have? Will that be now? If you remember in season eight, the Night's Watch comes down. I think it's end of episode season eight, episode one. 
um, or, or I think they maybe arrived uh, episode two. There's like five guys left. Remember, right? They go, yeah. and then yeah. you've got the the weird circle that the night walk that the the White Walkers were doing, um, and they killed that boy, and it was weird. Um, and so that's if you go down maybe something like that, then he does end up taking over the Night's Watch, and then he brings the remaining men down, um, and then hears that John is a Targaryen and fights alongside with him. So um, I'm certainly for it. I, I would actually, I would love the idea of Alistair Thorne um, being it. The only way, the only other the way, the way you could go down this is um, to make it ha- sort of happen sooner would be he has been a Targaryen like insider, right? We talked about the idea of Mance is Rhaegar, Rhaegar and all of this stuff. And Alistair Thorne, somehow has known the whole time that John is a Targaryen and was specifically hard on him, um, but never was really willing to have him killed, right? Just he felt like he needed to be hard, you know, hardened along along the way. And then maybe he comes back and is like, you killed Jon Snow and is like outraged by it because he knew yeah, all that along, would be... but he was just but he was just doing it because he felt like John needed that to push himself, right? Yeah. Because Plot twist. so <laughs> right. So that's so that so those are some scenarios um y- y- you know for for Alistair Thorne. Okay, he, here's something interesting. Let, let me tell you how big of a deal House Thorne is, okay? Um so Sir Rickard Thorne was the only other reference that we have and he was a knight from House Thorne, and he was a member of the King's Guard during the reign of King Viserys I. And we were just talking about, as we lead into um, Dance of Dance of the Dragons, uh, Viserys I. He he's he's one of the, he's one of the King's Guard. Okay, and so you have somebody in Sir Alistair's like lineage, his house, whatever that was really close to the Targaryens. Uh, Sir Rickard actually gives up his life for one of the Targaryen children is killed in old, in old town in some, in some mob um, kind of, you know, riot situation. So uh, it just made me kind of think like, you know, you have one example of a thorn, Rickard Thorne defending Prince. I think it was Maelor Targaryen uh, in, in old town as, as the, as the people tried to, they wanted to get a hold of him and they, they ended up killing this child and he did everything he could against the mob and he's hacking, killing people, whatever, uh, defending this Targaryen, you know, Alistair, what if he's in that situation? Talk about a major kind of crazy thing where he's defending one of the last Targaryens, like legitimately, that, that would be wild. That, I don't know how we get there. I think people would say, oh, it's that super counter to what we have, what we have seen. Um, one of the one of the small may, maybe nods, and it's meant to be an insult, is he calls him Lord Snow, right? Uh, yes. Eventually shifts to bastard a, a, a little bit, right? But the acknowledge he calls him a lord. He actually is acknowledging him as his lord, <laughs> right? Lord mm-hmm. Snow, and so yes. that's kind of fitting, right? That that he would make that acknowledgement, um, even though he's doing it out of mockery. It's you you could. Oh, is he being respectful there? Or is he mocking me? Oh. Yeah, well, he's he's mocking you. But um, if you're trying to lay some real subtle kind of thread down that that he might uh, shift back, you know, remember too, George writes this character in the very beginning, years ago, years ago. He wrote Sir Alistair Thorne, so he obviously is a big deal. His last name is Thorne, like a thorn in your side, 
That's yes. what he is for 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 John. Um, now, could he? Could it turn out that he? I like this idea that he could. They could turn out to be someone who is is going to help John. And I like what what you said, which is coming back to Castle Black and saying, "You guys did what? This is this is ridiculous." You know what I mean? And he and he, and he does know. I don't know that he does that, that that he knows. I haven't gotten enough hinting that would suggest that he does. No, I think that would be cool if there was some flashback or something. That would be wild. And here, here's, you, okay, you, you, you ready for a, a major tie-in here? Are you ready to go down a freaking yes. rabbit hole? Oh, my gosh. So remember how we used to talk about, like, what happened at the sack of King's Landing? What happened there? Uh, Sir Alistair is there. Like, he's given the opportunity to... Um, I mean, it's death or take the black, right? He takes the black. I'm not sure if he was pardoned or offered a pardon. I know that's what um, um, Sir, Sir Jack said, but I, I can't remember I, which which way it was. Either way, he was there. Does he somehow get the option to take the black because he gave information to Eddard Stark as to where the Tower of Joy is? Uh, did he tell Robert something? You know what I mean? Who told... Right? Who told Eddard Stark where to go? Who who was the member that was close, a Targaryen loyalist that would have that information? The battle is lost. King, it's over. The Mad King is dead. Jamie Lannister has slain him. Rhaegar is dead. As far as um, Sir Alistair knows, it's over. It's done. Well, I can spare my life. Maybe I can give these guys some information. Here's what I know, and go check it out. Would that not be ironic if Sir Alistair was one of the guys who said, who told them information about Lyanna and Rhaegar and was maybe even that close? You know, that would be, he's 50 years old, and so he could have been one of those guys who was hanging around Rhaegar, and, yeah. you know, I mean, I think it would be very fascinating yeah. to think about that, yeah. I don't know that he would give up information, though, because Alistair Thorne... And, you know, one of the reasons he's probably a Targaryen loyalist, I don't know that it's necessarily that he's like rah, rah Targaryen. Um, you know, when Janus Slint is has his major mess up, um, and I, I love the way the show does it. I mean, Alistair Thorne looks at him like, you just, just I mean, you just went against the watch. What you did there was like it almost to me it 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 always felt like in that moment Alistair Thorne um, is like you messed up, you know. Mm -hmm. It's and and it's you know so he is kind of in, he's almost got a little bit of that like Stannis quality in him. It's like this is this is you know he this is like the like the way um, in that it's like I'm gonna follow the the law to the you know to to like to the letter. I mean he can still be a jerk to John. That doesn't. That doesn't mean that he's, you know, um, he's he, you know just because he's a jerk to John doesn't mean he's he's disobeying rules or 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 certainly anything. Um, so, yeah, I I don't know that he'd give up information, but then again, who knows? Once well, Robert becomes once Robert becomes king, well, maybe it's now it's different. It's, he views it as well. Okay, here here we go. This is the, this is the new person in charge. Yeah, I, th I think the thing is when uh, you could look at it two ways, right? So, did he say that what Slint was doing was dishonorable? That it was something that was counter to the Night's Watch, or did he just realize if I back this guy, I'm dead? 
You know, like yeah, yeah like, I mean, it certainly it, it could cer- it could certainly I be think, that as well. I like what you say though. I think more so he is a knight, and he does have some honor. He does have some whatever. Uh, he's a harsh guy. He's cold. He's whatever. He's ruthless. But at the end of the day, he was knighted. I think it's just he lost his side. Lost. He's up here, you know, serving out, living the rest of his life here, and he's just kind of bitter. Um, so, and maybe he has some resentment. I think the resentment for John is because he is a Stark, uh, air quote, a Stark, right? Yes. I mean, he is, and I think maybe he doesn't like the fact that he's beat, that he's up here protecting the North, essentially. It just doesn't, none of it kind of sits well with him. And so that's why he's willing to kind of, I don't know, side up with, with Slint. And, and and also, too, he knows how how, how much favor John has among, uh, you know, the Night's Watch during um yeah that was uh, a, st- a storm of swords yeah. so uh right. yeah i i yeah, think I, mean, I think he would though i i think he could have i'm just saying it's an option i get that he 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 has that honor he's got that loyalty if you're if you're that loyal why would you give up some 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 big secret right. um but yeah that's that's why that's why i think when he comes back i don't think he will be happy that they committed mutiny i don't think that that book alistair thorne i know in the show he says he, you know, he says like I would do it again. Um, and granted, I mean, you know, I mean, if you're from Alistair Thorne's perspective, let's just view him as he is what he is. When John comes in, John is kind of arrogant. John protects Sam, which is kind of going against what Alistair Thorne's role is to be jerks to these people, regardless of who comes. Um, I don't think Alistair, Alistair Thorne was ever going to kill Sam. I think no. anybody anybody up there realizes it's kind of like it's like drill sergeants, right? Drill sergeants are jerks because that's their job. That's what they're supposed to do. They're supposed to turn, you know, literally anyone into a um, a weapon, basically, right? Like we, I'm, I need you to be trained so that in the event we're beyond the wall, I know I can rely on you. And John, you know, does kind of come in. I mean, he has that conversation with with Donald Noy and stuff like that. And a lot of the other guys aren't happy with him mm-hmm. because he is. He does come in and he's, you know, oh, I'm better. He does have a little bit of that. I'm better than you. Um, I'm sure. kind of above this, like, and that's, and I mean, even, even Jor Mormont, um, everyone thinks John should be a ranger. No, you're going to be a steward because you need to, you know, you right. need to, you, you need, you need to learn. So, yeah. Um, yeah, but I don't, I don't know that, I don't know that Alistair Thorne would have even participated in the mutiny. No, I know. And that goes back to sort of the, the whole pink letter situation is, is he a guy who would, when when he is sent away by John, he says, "I'll come back one way or the other." Is he actually doing what he's supposed to do, or did he go to Winterfell and is he is he the hooded figure who is working with Roose Bolton? Yeah. That was our kind of you know pink letter pitch, um, and that's again someone's someone's theory. I I was trying to figure out when it was presented to me that Alistair could have written that letter. I mean, it I can see why people would say that, right? Because he the idea is that he is he's upset with with john and also maybe george writes it in, in such a way that it's so we we look towards him and really it's like colitis and the stewards were just sort of like no there's this really undercurrent or undertone going on among the stewards where they're just super pissed and upset with john uh i don't know you know it, 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 where is sir alistair where, where, where is he at is he actually north of the wall is he in winterfell what's he doing uh, when's he coming back? Is he going to come back dead? The whole thing. I think the it's, other, 
Yeah, the other. I, I one think one way or the other, not one way or another. One right. way or the other, which is right. Gur just just totally totally playing with this. So, yeah, guys, let us know. Hey, send us a comment, shoot us a you know shoot us a raven, and let us know what you guys think about it, because um, it is interesting, and he is a character that we haven't really done a lot of deep dives on. So it is it is it is fun to. Um, you know, as we, this has been the thing, really. You know, I still, I, I still, I still hearken back to that that one iTunes comment we we got, which said we we focused on a lot of characters, uh, um, a few specific characters, and um, I think at that point that was that was really accurate because we were we were early in the books, but now we're further in. We've got more characters to talk about. Yeah. Um, and so now, yeah, Alistair Thorne's a, a great, a great character to talk about. So, yeah, absolutely. And actually on that note, uh, over on Patreon, we actually have an episode up on Aaron Damper. Okay. So Aaron, great joy. We just did a whole kind of little, you know, let's, let's track him. Let's see what he's up to. It's nothing good. <laughs> it's nothing good Ooh. right now. Um, bad. Yeah, and that all could have been revised. I mean, a lot of that Euron chapter could have been revised, but we kind of track his story uh, and his plot all the way up to where he currently is over on Patreon. So you guys can check that out. And I think I said in that episode, um, first person to go in there and leave a comment and let us know uh, which kind of which character to cover next. Minor character doesn't matter who it is. I think we'll we'll cover them. We're going to go do some research and look them up, and we're just trying to find a few more. You know, it's nicer when when people just pick it for us. I think I think mm-hmm. it's great. Um, it's easy. Yeah, it, it, it's really cool. And if you're interested in that character and you really want to have a discussion on something or a particular aspect, just write that in the comment and uh, we will do it. We'll, we'll get back to you on that. So, Absolutely. All right, guys. With that, we want to thank you for playing the Game of Thrones. In our next episode, we will be discussing Chapter 48, Daenerys 4 of A Clash of Kings. Absolutely. If you like our podcast, don't forget to subscribe, like us, write a review, leave a comment, or send us a raven at btkcast at gmail.com. We will see you in a week, and remember that winter is coming.